Hi, I'm Ed Black, an attorney at Ropes and Gray, and I'm here to welcome everybody uh, to the latest edition of our RNG Tech Studio podcast series. I'm here today with Scott Abramowitz, a leading transactional attorney from our Ropes and Gray private equity practice who just does a ton in tech. Scott, it's great to be here with you. Before we get into your practice and the tech issues that are coming up in your practice, Tell us about yourself. Who, who, who are you? Where do you live? What's what's your life like? Sure, Ed. Great to talk to you. Um, so I'm a, a partner based in New York in our private equity practice. Um, I live here in New York City, my two little girls. Um, and uh, I spend my time representing um, private equity funds and their portfolio companies in all kinds of acquisitions, capitalization transactions, leverage buyouts, joint ventures, and other investment transactions. Everything from what they do on the investment in through the exit, represent both middle market and large cap sponsors in a range of industries, um, business services, technology, healthcare, financial services, and I'm sure we'll talk about the the interplay with between technology and healthcare and financial services has been really interesting. On to tech. Now, I, I know, because we've worked together, that tech plays a big part in your practice. And, and I don't mean, you know, the tech you use at the law firm. I mean, that uh, the tech companies and the tech deals. But can you give us a sense of where your practice focuses in terms of tech companies and tech deals? Sure, so I do a lot of work in both the FinTech and medical technology space. And in all of those transactions, uh, there's a huge focus on um, personal information, data privacy, sharing of information that plays a really crucial role in those transactions and the regulatory overlay um, in those transactions is extremely important, and in some cases very complicated, um, and requires um, you know quite a bit of focus and and sometimes some structuring and creativity on our part to make the deals work. Is there an example? Is there something you've worked on recently or that really comes to mind as something that exemplifies these issues? Sure. So in the fintech space right now, we're working with an asset manager that's trying to sell and share a portion of its um, its client information to another asset manager. And uh, the rules and regulation about how you can do that on both the data privacy front and you know how that interplays with SEC requirements and asset management requirements um, and that regulatory overlay is just really, really complicated. And you know we've been creative in how we have structured the deal and framed the deal to allow the sharing of information and allow the transaction to move through. Just out of curiosity, is this a deal where one manager went to another manager and said, I have a pile of money, you have a pile of data, that seems like a deal to me, and and somebody's paying and somebody's getting the data? Is is that pretty much it? It, It's even more complicated than that. One of the managers wants to get out of the business, and you would think that wanting to get out of the business, selling your business to another asset manager would be fairly simple, Um, but the the data issues um, and the personal information issues have made it really, really complicated um, and it's led to a number of stops and starts and you know, our inability, frankly, to, to do the deal as simply as the client had initially wanted. Wow. Now, one place I know your practice has focused on has been, now that we're, we're mentioning asset managers, is I know you've done uh, you know, uh, FinTech deals, especially FinTech for technology companies that serve the asset management industry. And uh, just to, to put that in, in context, is, is that something 
you know, if we think back 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, five weeks ago, is that something we're seeing a lot of, seeing a little of? Are there trends there? How, how do you see that particular market evolving? Yeah, one of the trends that's been really interesting has been the opportunity for private equity to invest in technology businesses in what we think of as the, the middle office space. So we think about fintech and asset management. Uh, there's regulated asset managers and the whole regulatory overlay that, that comes with being a registered investment advisor. But one of the places where we've seen a lot of investment um, and a lot of opportunity has been businesses that service asset managers that aren't themselves regulated and aren't themselves asset managers. So um, represented a company called um, RIA in a Box, which basically provides technology uh, to asset managers to um, you know, allow them to evaluate their portfolios, reporting to clients, et cetera. So a business that is at its core, a technology business that it, its sole function is to, to power asset managers, but is not itself um, an asset manager. And, and that's been, I think, for private equity, a very attractive space um, because it allows them to participate in the asset management industry, the growth in that industry, but keeps them out of the regulatory overlay um, that creates a whole different set of complexities. Wow. All right. Well, we're in this space that, you, that frankly, you've described with a certain amount of, of, of richness here. This this space where you know technology is uh, jumping in to the example we've had is asset management, but jumping into service businesses, you, you know, generally, and data issues are taking over. Infrastructure companies are moving in and becoming an independent technology deal opportunity. Uh, inside the context of a larger service industry. If you look at transactions that are sort of shaped like that, uh, and, and it's an unfair question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Where do you, think, where do you think we're headed? This is the crystal ball question. Where do you think we're headed three, four, five years out? Are we going to see more of these deals, less of them? Is it going to get easier or harder to do these deals? Anything's popping up on the horizon. You see it's like landmines. You need to have in mind? Well, where do you see the future for this type of deal? I think that we'll see more and more of these deals, and I think they'll continue to be more complicated, um, in large part because I think the regulatory overlay um, and the scope of regulation is only going to grow. Um, one of the places where I spend a lot of my time is in medical technology um, and recently represented Cricket Health and its combination with Interwell. And Cricket is um, it, it's a technology company who uses machine learning and data intelligence to improve healthcare um, in the kidney care space. And it partnered with Interwell Health, which is a, a physician-centered organization providing healthcare. Um, and the intersection of um, of healthcare regulatory data privacy um, creates a huge opportunity, and it's a really exciting business. But the compliance regime to pull all that together is complicated, and I think will only continue to become more and more complicated. Right. Now, when these deals come along, it, you know, particularly we talk about this cricket uh, deal as an example, where a tech company with bleeding-edge tech is integrating itself into a market-facing service organization, which is principally about humans providing services. Um, and you've got the regulatory overlay, all and healthcare, of course. You've got all sorts of uh, specific healthcare-related regulation. Is this something that you just do yourself? 
uh, or I mean, how does how do how do you pull the team together to handle a deal at that level of complexity? No, it, it it takes an army. And one of the great things about my job as a private equity M&A lawyer is that I don't really have to know anything, but I work at a firm with really, really smart people um, who know a whole bunch of things. And our amazing healthcare team um, who touches on and really is thought leaders and at the cutting edge of, of developments and changes in healthcare law has been critically important. Our data privacy team, which is a market-leading team, um, we pull in resources from those groups and across the firm who really drive the expertise and, and knowledge and the creativity in how we structure these deals. All right, superb. Well, look, we're we're running out of time. I've got one last question for you, and I, I stole it from ESPN. I, I saw I saw an interview where uh, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade were asked this question. One went one way, one went the other. I'm going to ask you. And then I'm going to tell you, are you more like LeBron James or are you more like Dwayne Wade? All right. So in the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which is more important, the peanut butter or the jelly? It's an excellent question. Um, I would say I would say peanut butter, though. I would say crunchy peanut butter because the texture is extremely important. You are LeBron James. <laughs> that is, Dwayne Wade says I can tell jelly. you that that's the he's wrong. That's the first time that that analogy has ever been made. Scott, I I want to thank you uh, for joining uh, the discussion today. I also want to thank all our podcast uh, listeners. For more information on the topics that we've discussed here, including where to find Scott uh, and his contact information, you can go to the Ropes Gray uh, website. This podcast will be uh, posted up uh, inside the technology, media, and telecoms uh, subset of the website, but ropesgray.com is what you need to remember, and there's a search function. This podcast is also available uh, for subscription through all the places you normally find your podcasts, Apple, Google, uh, Spotify. Scott, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening.